Gentlemen, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. And uh we made it through another year, <laughs> another holiday season. Uh I, I always have kind of this. I don't know, love, hate might be too strong of a description, but for the holidays, because I love the holidays. I love the music. I love sort of the attitude that people adopt during the holidays. For the most part, people are especially nice and generous, except on the roads. They're not. Uh, That's maybe the one exception. Uh, But there sort of is that that Christmas spirit, that holiday spirit. And, uh, you know, a lot of wonderful activities, Christmas parties to go to, opportunities to dress up and eat lots of bad food. Uh, But at the same time, it's kind of stressful, right? Uh, You end up feeling exhausted after all of that. And there's also the money side of it. You know, you've got to come up with the money to buy gifts for everybody and hoping you get the gifts people wanted and and all of that sort of thing. I, I don't know. I I'm not one that likes to receive gifts Obviously, when I was younger, I did. But as a as an adult, I just feel awkward receiving gifts. I I always feel like people shouldn't go to the trouble to give me anything, because honestly, I have pretty much everything I need, everything I want. If I really want something, I'll go buy it. So I'm blessed in that way. Um, So the holidays, a little bit stressful, right? For a lot of us, I can remember when my kids were younger uh, you know, having to come up with the money for all the stuff that they wanted on their Christmas list to Santa and then staying up all night, putting stuff together, did that for years and years. But, uh, well, we made it right. And, uh, as is always the case, it's going to be kind of hard to remember what year it is for a few weeks. So believe it or not, it's 2023. I, I mean, is it, it sounds so futuristic, right? 2023, but that's, where we are, the holiday break is over and we are back. Now, I have to apologize because I really did have good intentions. <laughs> you know what they say about good intentions, but I really did have good intentions to get into the studio here and do some shows uh, in place of what would have been Christmas Day and New Year's Day to maybe pre-record those and do some shows. Didn't didn't get to that. Uh, I thought I would. But one of the things I am planning to do going into this year is I am going to go into the archives and really uh, not necessarily to replace doing a live show each week, but every so often I will do that. But even between shows, I'm going to start reposting some of our very best podcast episodes uh, because there's some great ones in the archives. A lot of people haven't heard them. And what's a shame is if you go on iTunes, for example, they only post the most recent 300 episodes. So you don't get anything that goes further back than 300 episodes, which is about, I think, only half of our episodes appear online uh, like that. I think at Blog Talk Radio, which is our home base, 
I believe they have everything there going back uh, seven years uh, since we started this particular show. Uh, so in any case, uh, good to be back. And I wanted to start by talking about somebody else's podcast, which I don't do enough. But the truth is, I do listen to a lot of other people's podcasts and one that I really enjoy. And I think I've mentioned it on this show a couple of times before is James Altucher. And that's A-L-T-U-C-H-E-R, James Altucher. You could just type that into uh, Google Play or you could type it into iTunes. You'll find the podcast and there was a really interesting episode, this most recent episode, where they discuss artificial intelligence for writing online content. Now, I haven't used one of these AI platforms yet, but supposedly you can get in there and you can literally dictate a bunch of ideas to this AI platform and it will write an article for you. You can even choose what style you want the article to be in. For example, you might say, I want this to be in the style of the speech that Martin Luther King gave the, I have a dream speech. I would like you to write this article in that style. And then it will do that. This is fascinating to me as a writer, uh, because as a writer, it's always, that's always the challenge is you, you kind of know in your heart what you want to express. But sometimes when you sit down at the computer keyboard, it's a struggle to find the right word to kind of put your story in the right order. And if there is a technology like this, that sort of takes that away, I guess I have two feelings about it. One is, wow, this is a great shortcut, but also at the same time, it's kind of sad too, that maybe computers are better writers than us, but you know, they're better chess players than us. So why should they not necessarily be better writers than us? But in any case on this most recent episode, uh, the guest is John Morrow, and this just blew my mind. John Morrow is paralyzed from the neck down. So so he's the guest with James Altucher, and he's a, he's the expert on this artificial intelligence, the expert on how to make money writing online for the Internet. He even has his own online school that teaches how to do this. But in any case, John Morrow was the guest. But get this from birth. Moro has been paralyzed from the neck down, but this guy has built an incredible business teaching people how to write for the internet. And I have to tell you, I'm always inspired to hear these stories of individuals that have overcome significant challenges. And John Moro has an incredible story. Uh, so this episode of the James Altucher show is free. You can grab it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. So if you're somebody interested in writing for the Internet to make money or to search engine optimize your own uh, Internet properties, this would be a great episode. But also there's a lot of interesting stuff in there about this guy, John Morrow, and sort of all he's been through and his challenges with his medical expenses. And one of the things he's doing is he's actually living part time in Mexico to be able to access health care. We always think of the U.S. as the place to be if you need to access health care. And that's maybe the case if you have unlimited money. But if you're somebody that has a long-term medical situation like John Morrow, uh, it's, it's a tough predicament to be in because uh, basically the government will allow you to earn about like $800 a month 
And if you earn more than that, then you're not able to get Medicaid. You have to take the balance of that extra money and put it all towards medical or you don't get Medicaid. So somebody that has a lifelong medical situation, unless you're willing to be put into a nursing home, uh, you're basically stuck. So in, in this podcast, John Morrow talks about not only all the money he makes by writing online, but also the strategy of moving to Mexico to be able to access health care. And uh, the guy spends something like $150,000 a year just on nursing care alone. Uh, so it's a fascinating episode all the way around the most recent episode of the James Altucher podcast. Okay, so there is a church in Jacksonville, Florida called Celebration Church. So Jacksonville, Florida is maybe about 40 minutes north of me. And I go to Jacksonville all the time. I love Jacksonville. In fact, I've even considered living in Jacksonville. It's a beautiful city. And one of the large, I mean, really large churches, it's considered a mega church, is Celebration Church. And I did not know this controversy was going on. In fact, I've had friends that have invited me to go with them to Celebration Church. It's supposed to be a fantastic church. But in any case, um, the former pastor uh, of the church, and I'm going to get his name up here because I don't have that in front of me. I got this story um, from Christian Post, which, um, interestingly enough, um, got into this. Uh, there's there's multiple lawsuits going on with this uh, church uh, in in Jacksonville. So uh, we have the pastor's names are Stovall and Carrie Weems. And apparently they were ousted from the church as pastors about a year ago. And the story here says that they settled a lawsuit with First Citizens Bank for seven hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. Um, and then there's a, a, a lawsuit where they're suing the church for defamation and the church is suing them. Um, they're referring to their ouster as a nefarious coup uh, that pushed them out of the church. All of this is going on. And, uh, you know, honestly, um, I, I didn't know anything about this. The church is suing them to take possession of the home that was purchased by the church, which is, I guess, officially uh, the church parsonage, uh, some, you know, very high end home that is owned here in the Jacksonville area. Uh, man, you hear the same. I don't know the, the story here. I mean, I don't know who is the victim here. Are these people good people, good pastors that were run uh, out of the church by, you know, board members that were overstepping their bounds biblically? I don't know. I are these pastors you know, uh, crooks or people that mismanage money. I don't know. I'm not here to, to judge. I don't have enough information to make a decision. It's just that we hear this same narrative over and over again, where these churches, they get so big that they literally implode. And it's usually all about money. It's, it's usually, uh, as the church grows and grows, the pastors are taking out more and more money there's accusations just like in this case of unauthorized uh, financial transactions, um, you know, people living high on the hog, those kind of things. I don't know what will happen uh, in the end with this particular case, but it just does, again, um, kind of raise the question about the modern day mega church 
business model, if we can call it that, which is a lot of these mega churches, their business model is to just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And when they get so big that they can't fit people anymore, then the uh, answer is to start opening up multiple campuses where you see the pastor on video instead of what I think is a more biblical approach, which is church planting. So, you know, you have a church, it's doing well. So there's a lot more people than you can accommodate. What do you do about that? Uh, I think you raise up a leader from the church and you start another church. I, I That's just my thinking that that's probably a better model for growth than what we see with these mega churches. And I also think too, that with mega churches, something seems to be lost. I, I think that the intimacy where people are meeting as family and knowing each other, I think that's largely lost when you get into churches that are the size of stadiums, which has been the case. I don't know the answer, honestly, and I don't have a a really strong position on this one way or the other, but I, I do tend to lean away from this, this business model of these giant churches, you know, where there are tens of thousands of people in attendance, because I, I just asked the question, is there not another leader that Christ can raise up? You know, is, are we not here to not just convert people to Christianity, but also to make disciples of them? Uh, so it's not about building around one person. And that's what a lot of these churches are personality driven. They're, they're built around a personality, a Tony Robbins type of personality, a guy that's a fantastic speaker, motivational, all of that, maybe even a, a great, you know, business leader. You know, maybe this is somebody that's good with money, uh, good with, um, you know, making marketing decisions, those kinds of things. I mean, obviously these churches don't get to be, uh, giant by accident. They take, you know, take some very smart people uh, in with money and business and, and real estate acquisition. There's a lot of things that have to happen for one of these churches to succeed, but they seem to reach a point where they implode. And that's just the question I raise, which is, you know, what is the best way uh, to build, you know, for the kingdom? Is it to take your church and turn it into a stadium sized church, or is it to take that that excess and start planting other church locations. I've seen it done both ways and I've seen it succeed and fail both ways. I've seen the church planting fail where somebody plants a church, puts somebody in charge and that person fails. You know, there's a, a, a you know, financial impropriety, sexual impropriety. So it can happen in, in either case, but the shame about the failure of the mega church is that it tends to be a big story in the media. So it gets uh, major coverage, makes the body of Christ look terrible, and uh, probably turns a lot of people away from uh, church attendance. Okay, one of the things, I'm hearing something vibrating here in the studio, <laughs> wondering if there's uh, an earthquake going on. Uh, in any case, um, one of the things... Okay, there we go. Not sure what that was. I think I had a little timer set and it went off. But in any case, um, so the big news this week was uh, the election of a new speaker of the House. So Kevin McCarthy uh, sustained 15 votes to be able to 
uh, make it to Speaker of the House. 15 votes, which is unbelievable. And this this was going into the late night. Uh, there were almost fistfights uh, that were going to take place uh, because of this. I mean, it was unreal what was going on. And finally, after 15 votes, uh, McCarthy is now Speaker of the House. But, you know, a lot of the so-called right-wing extremists um, were being accused of standing in the way of progress, standing in the way of electing a new Speaker of the House. And honestly, um, I think uh, I'm with them. I'm with the quote-unquote right-wing extremists because my view um, has been that we haven't stuck to our principles enough, that the compromisers like the Kevin McCarthy's, who I would not go as far as to call him a rhino, but he definitely is not a hard, you know, right, you know, leaning conservative, which is what I would like to see the Republican Party be. And I think this is one of the biggest problems we have going into 2024. It's not um, the problem that we have is not that we don't have enough conservative support in the country. I think we absolutely do. I think it's within the party itself. I think within the leadership itself, um, what we have is a split. We have this very moderate um, wing of the Republican Party that seems to be kind of building steam. You know, this this rhino faction seems to be growing and the so-called, you know, right wing, you know, hard right wing minority um, seems to be shrinking. It, it looks like we have enough uh, right wing, uh, hard right wing people. It looks like we have enough to sort of throw a monkey wrench into things like we had this week with the 15 votes. Uh, for McCarthy to become speaker, but maybe we don't have enough clout to really affect uh, legislation, but we'll have to see. Um, and I was a little bit confused, honestly, why Trump was so all in for Kevin McCarthy, because I've just never thought of McCarthy as a strong conservative uh, advocate for our values. I I've thought of him more as a compromiser, more as a Wall, uh, a Washington insider, um, that sort of a personality. I don't know a lot about the guy, um, but he would not have been my pick for speaker. I would have rather had someone like a Steve Scalise or a Jim Jordan, somebody along those lines uh, as speaker of the House. But I don't get to decide. But it was fascinating to watch 15 votes this week before McCarthy uh, was able to uh uh, wind uh, the, the speaker uh, position. Okay. Uh, and, and again, we get back to, you know, kind of some strange uh, positions that we have uh, really all over the map within the Republican party. So South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham uh, is now calling for the U S to put tanks on the ground in Ukraine. And um, you know, this is what we don't want. I'm all for supporting Ukraine financially, giving them weapons. I'm not for the U S uh, putting our own soldiers uh, into this war because this could literally start world war three. And I'm not sure that um, this battle between Russia and Ukraine is worth us getting into world war three. And there's been a lot of um, analogies made, you know, comparing this to Hitler. I don't think that Russia has the imperialistic um, ambitions that Hitler had. I, I don't think we're going to see Russia trying to go over and take over Poland or Germany. I don't think we're going to see that. I think this is a, a limited uh, issue between Russia and Ukraine that's been boiling for years. 
I support 100% us giving them weapons and giving them money. But I think this idea of Lindsey Graham calling for the U.S. to put our tanks in there with our soldiers is too far. And there's another hawk that we have to be aware of. He just threw his hat in the ring uh, to run for president. John Bolton. Uh, John Bolton, who, of course, was secretary of state under Trump, is now running for the Republican nomination for 2024. And his whole platform is we need a better foreign policy. So we need John Bolton for president. I hate to tell you this, uh, Mr. Bolton, but people don't generally get elected president of the United States on the issue of foreign policy. I think most people are interested in the price of gas the price of beef, uh, jobs, inflation, all of those kind of things. Uh, yes, we need foreign policy, but is it the number one issue? Do you stand a chance? Uh, he doesn't stand a chance. I think he's probably posturing to become a veep. And, and I think that would be his best hope that if it isn't Trump, that whoever it is that is uh, nominated would look to Bolton maybe as a veep. I don't see Bolton having a chance uh, at the top spot on the ticket. And then, of course, uh, the world has been transfixed both by the tragedy of what happened to NFL safety DeMar Hamlin, uh, who literally died two times and was brought back to life uh, by CPR uh, on the field and on the way to the hospital. Uh, this man, who is a Christian, uh, has received prayers from millions around the world and has been thanking the public for their prayers and asking for continued prayers. And it was really uh, heartwarming to see NFL players taking a knee in prayer instead of taking a knee along with BLM and dishonoring uh, the, the national anthem. And uh, to see players taking a knee to pray uh, was a wonderful thing. And I believe it was a miracle that we saw with DeMar Hamlin and uh, we wish him and his family the best. Our prayers and thoughts are with him. Uh, well, one of the things I, I have been continuing to mention for the last few months is that I am now a mortgage loan officer again. And I mention that to you because if you're somebody that is interested in working with me personally on a mortgage transaction, um, you can work with me personally if you are in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, Illinois or California. Those are the states where I'm personally licensed in. And what I'm hearing from a lot of people right now is refinancing their house, pulling out equity to pay off debts. And these cash out refinances are only taking about 20 days to get done. So if you're somebody that is interested in that, get in touch with me uh, by sending me an email to jameslparis at gmail.com. James L. Paris at gmail.com or get in touch with me uh, with a private message over on Facebook. I'd be happy to talk to you. There is no cost just to consult with you and find out what is possible. And if you're not in one of those states where I am licensed, I can still help you by referring you to one of my associates that is licensed in your state. So again, I can personally work with you on a cash out refinance or a mortgage to purchase a home in Florida, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee, Illinois, or California. So uh, feel free to get in touch with me on that this week. Uh, so the latest Batman comic book uh, has the Joker. That's right. The villain, the Joker 
gives birth to a baby boy because right. The Joker can get pregnant and have a baby <laughs> because even the comic books are woke now. And so this is just the insanity uh, that we're seeing. And the blaze is reporting this, that M&Ms have gone woke uh, offering an all female candy package featuring a new purple character that will promote inclusivity. Uh, so that's going on with M&Ms. Uh, so, uh, you, you can't do anything anymore, right? You can't uh, pick up a Batman comic book. You can't even go buy a package of M&Ms without getting hit with all of this woke garbage. And NBC executives are reportedly uh, regretful for renewing Jimmy Fallon's $80 million five-year contract now that Greg Gutfeld, yes, from Fox News, is ruling the late night with ratings. I've always liked Greg Gutfeld. I thought I think he's brilliant. I think he's funny. And uh, obviously he's a conservative and uh, he is tearing it up, uh, ruling late night in the ratings and uh, probably making a tiny fraction of what others are making. Uh, boy, you remember the days when everybody would tune in to watch the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? Uh, those days are over. Uh, and Jimmy Fallon uh, seemed to uh, I don't know if there's an out for NBC, but they gave him 80 million bucks and he's not uh, getting the numbers that Greg Gutfeld is getting over on the cable channel Fox News. And this story is tragic. And honestly, I'll tell you, when I see stories like the one I'm going to share with you now, it really convinces me that we truly are in the end times when you see these stories. There was a story just uh, a few days ago about a six year old shooting uh, one of their teachers, uh, six years old. Um, and now this from the New York Post, a 12 year old Tulsa girl stabs her brother to death. Uh, just unbelievable. The violence that we're seeing. And this is creeping down to such young ages. I mean, uh, what a tragedy on every level, right? The, this young person's life is over. They've committed a murder uh, at the age of six or at the age of 12. Uh, just unbelievable. And speaking of violence, uh, New York, the New York City subway uh, crime numbers are spiking by 30 percent. And this is despite the city spending 20 million dollars a month extra on additional police patrolling the subway. So there's a 30 percent spike in crime in the subways uh, and they're spending 20 million dollars more and it's not seemingly helping the situation. And uh, here's another tragic story out of a blue state. Hundreds of Chicago teachers and school employees are accused of grooming, sexually assaulting and raping students, according to an inspector general report that was just released Unreal, unreal. And then, of course, uh, our thoughts and prayers to those listeners and viewers out on the West Coast. San Francisco has just experienced the wettest 10-day period since 1871. And this is going on all throughout the state of California, mostly in the north, but it's also hitting Southern California. Uh, these unbelievable rains that are coming down and causing flooding and mudslides and worse, uh, and uh, just uh, millions and millions of dollars of property damage uh, taking place on the West Coast. And we'll close it out uh, this week with uh, a little bit of an entertainment review. So I'm a huge Sylvester Stallone fan. I don't know the guy personally. I've never met him. I don't know. I just kind of, I kind of like him. 
uh, seems like I like him as a person. If if there's a, a way to know somebody through their acting, I, I really do like Sylvester Stallone. And he has this new show out on Paramount Plus, which you can get as a channel inside of your Amazon Prime video account. And the show is called Tulsa King. Now, I'll tell you up front, there's some violence in there, not for the kids to watch with you. Uh, but if you like the kind of gangster soprano type shows, man, is this a good one? And uh, there are nine episodes and the last episode just came out today. So you'll be able to binge watch it all the way through all nine episodes. Tulsa King out on Paramount Plus uh, starring Sylvester Stallone. Well, a lot of news uh, covered this week. If you have a question you want to address to me, you can always send me an email to my general email, which is jim at christianmoney.com, jim at christianmoney.com. You can follow me on Facebook. James L. Paris is my personal Facebook page. Then the main big Facebook page is christianmoney.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.